U.S. fans love to hype up young American players, and after the U.S. 20s masterpiece victory over New Zealand, it's going to be tough to see why people aren't going to be hyping up this team. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, man? Nothing much. Garrett, it is now 5.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We uh, the original plan was to record this show before the twenty game, mm-hmm. and then talk about this game a couple days from now. But obviously, we both ended up staying up. We recorded, we watched the game, and damn, I'm glad we did. Oh yes, we waited because now we have a ton to talk about. If you didn't watch the game last night and you're listening to the show on your way to work or at work, oh my, you missed out. The U the U twenties looked, I want to say unbelievable, Ivis, but I, it was a masterpiece. They put together just a perfect match. Well, Garrett, I'll tell you what, everything that a U.S. fan could have wanted from this game, they got. Uh, whether it was the defense looking good, Zach Steffen looking good, the midfield was outstanding, Emerson Hyman, again, uh, another stellar showing from him, Gideon Zellin flashing Oof. all the skill that U.S. fans had hoped he had and that you know people like Jurgen Klinsmann insisted that he had. Well, folks, we saw it firsthand. And then the forwards, Rubio Rubin, the man of the match for me, outstanding uh, all over the field and and now we know why Klinsman gave him a start against Colombia with the full senior team in the fall uh so many great performances i mean it's hard to it's hard to to, to uh, stand anyone to stand out cuz they all stood out it is tough and, and you also have some other guys Bradford Jameson who i'm pretty sure had that goal uh, and then Paul Ariola, who also had a goal. I mean, he, he like, had some blasts in the first half. And you're right, it's, it's tough to point out and say this guy had the best game because so many guys on this team had such a quality quality performance against New Zealand. Right. I mean, look, it, again, it is New Zealand. We don't want to get too crazy now and and, and say this team's going to win the, the Under-20 World Cup. Uh, having said that, you know, it, it's, a, it's the kind of game they needed because, look, that Myanmar game was not – impressive in the least it was uh you know they they looked shaky they looked nervous especially at the beginning they settled down but even in the second half of that game they they didn't show their quality they didn't they didn't have that flow you would expect against a team like Myanmar now against New Zealand they really hit a gear that was just impressive to watch Mm -hmm. and I mean they had such good flow in their midfield Rubin was outstanding Jameson, Ariola, Heinemann and Zellalem I gotta tell you man Zellalem the hype train is in full swing now uh, with some of the moves that he made, obviously his assist on Ariola's goal, his buildup in that, just the movement, mm-hmm. the, the the smoothness on the ball, what? and I don't think people realize what what that does in the flow of play. And look, I hate to uh, even mention Barcelona, but when you talk about Barcelona and their players like Xavi and Iniesta, sometimes you watch them like a, like a casual observer might watch them and not understand mm-hmm. what it is they do, and it's their ability to hold the ball. When every in and calm things down and play at a different speed, and they slow the game down, and they're they're tough to just get a hold of because they're just seeing the game at a different speed. Zellum for this age group, you already see mm-hmm. he has a different speed that he sees the game and he processes the game at, and it's not speed like running speed. No, it's, it's not DeAndre Yedlin's speed. It's, it's casual it's, pace. It's, it's it's mental. No, it's mental processing. It's not. It's nothing to do with physical speed. It's the speed of thought. And it allows you to just make decisions so quickly. And that, and Zellum has it, man. He's got something. Uh, and it was great to see. And I tell you what, the hype train—it's gonna—it's—it's—it's it's, it's not. There's no stopping it now. 
Well, for one thing for me that I noticed throughout the game was his body positioning, the way he accepts the balls. And, and that's why he had so many opportunities. I mean, the build-up to the Paul Ariola goal, I mean, that was, just him, that was just him simply off the ball, just moving his body in a certain way to, to, get, uh, to get open, create that channel for, for that goal. And that's what impressed me throughout the match. Also, when the U.S. was up, just seeing the creativity that he has. I, I think the question I have is always going to be, who's going to be that playmaker for the U.S. men's national team going forward? I, I know like, there's a lot of ifs, there's a lot of ands, and, and there's a lot of years between now. But you always wonder, who's going to be that next guy? Who's going to be that playmaker? maker after tonight i mean dude zalem definitely looks like he could be a playmaker for the u.s teams going forward well he needs to obviously keep developing keep on that track uh as as he grows as a player he's not there yet but but the the starting points yeah are very impressive and 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 now uh, someone like heinman emerson heinman he he actually i think is a little bit more advanced uh physically just from the experience that he has under his belt i mean they're the same age but he's got game. He has many more games under his belt. Obviously, playing at Fulham this this past year, he he has that experience edge. He's got a bit of a bit more of a toughness to him. So I think he's a little closer. He's a little further along right now. But Zellum, the ceiling on this kid is something else. And 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 we'll we'll, we'll cut it short right now on the on the talk about Zellum because uh, a lot of guys deserve credit. Cameron Carter Vickers uh, commanded things in the middle. He is the real deal. If you want to say anyone that kind of uh, guys that didn't necessarily stand out, I mean, Marky Delgado was better than he was against Myanmar, but still, mm-hmm. he, if you want to say a weak link, he is the weak link on this group. M- Miaska didn't have a great game. He was okay. But overall, if you're Tab Ramos, you are thrilled with this performance. Oh, exactly. A couple of things here and there. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, Matt Miaska, uh, little handsy at times, gave up a couple of easy fouls. But overall, I mean, like you said, very good game. Um, Zach Steffen, though, Ivis, wasn't called into action uh, often, but he did make a huge save at the end of the game. Granted, it would have been New Zealand's first goal for 4-1, but still, I mean, he was money throughout the game, first shutout for the U.S. in the World Cup. and Right, no, definitely. I know he, he needed a game like that. The first game, you know, the first goal that Myanmar scored, uh, it was on him. And I know people who weren't familiar with Steffen were probably thinking, you know, is this is goalkeeper a shaky position on his team? And I will be the first to say this this kid is legit. Uh, and I think people saw it tonight uh, when he was called upon. He made some big saves, and there was a point when it looked like he he might have gotten hurt. And I'll tell you what, it, 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 there are a lot of players that they can't afford to lose. He is definitely one of them because uh, obviously Ethan Horvath was the is the number, normal number two on this U twenty team. He was not released by Molde, so now they're down to their third and fourth options in goal. And if he gets hurt, then th- that'd be that'd be devastating for the U.S. But thankfully, he's healthy, ready to go. And as a team now, they move into that Ukraine game. If you're Tab Ramos and you want to rest some guys, give some other players a chance and, and start looking ahead to the next next phase, you can do that. Or you can just keep this group together and, and look to lock up first place in this group. Uh, the thing is with the game so tightly bunched, the schedule so tightly bunched, if you can if you can rest guys, you rest guys. I think that I think that's the better way to go. Uh, so you might see some new faces uh, when they take on Ukraine. Well, the the uh, the next game after you advance out of the group stages are June tenth and eleventh, and the U.S. The final game they play is June fifth. Yeah, I mean that's a four day turnaround to those next games, and they're really quickly after that. And another player I thought looked really good, Bradford Jamison. Uh, U.S. fans have probably had an opportunity to watch him play with the LA Galaxy, LA Galaxy two over the last two years. And yes, there, there was that conversation with uh, Mackie Tall might be missing this game, but uh, dude, Bradford Jamison, uh, he looked good. He filled in, looked aggressive and, and did an outstanding job. No, he did. And, and you know, when there, there were obviously some rumblings about Mackie Tall uh, being heard and, and, and maybe not being available anymore for the tournament. Uh, there's still nothing official on that yet, but you know, as good as McIntyre was in that first half of that first game, 
Uh, Jameson looks so smooth and so confident. And again, a player who has gotten some minutes for L.A. this year. He's gotten starts. And, and when you get that playing time on the top level, on the pro level, when you, you have legitimate pro minutes, it just helps your, your it helps you grow as a player. And, and, and Jameson right now, uh, for me, just looks a different player than he did in qualifying. He looks a much better player than he did in qualifying. He looks much more confident. So uh, right now, man, they, they look dangerous. And I'm excited to see what they do in the knockout rounds. And look, not to look past Ukraine, but I think I think Tab Ramos has to give some guys some rest uh, to look ahead to that next match because you don't want to wear your guys out. You want, you, Even though it could affect who you play in the next round, I think you want to have your full team as healthy and rested as possible now that you have those two wins, now that you've locked up uh, a place in the knockout round, I think he's going to have to rest some guys. Also, what, one more thing on Bradford Jamison. This isn't a serious thing, but what, what's up with his hair, Ivis? I couldn't figure out what color that was. Uh, well, you know what? To be fair, they've, they've been on the road for a while. They were in Australia. Now they're in New Zealand. He might have left his, his hair products at home, man. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's probably, he, might, he might be sharing them with Jossie's artists. He might not have brought, you know, enough bleach. He might, might not be able to find the bleach he needs in New Zealand, and uh, he's struggling a bit right now. He might have. Actually, I talked to him when when they played the when LA played the Red Bulls and they were at Red Bull Arena. I asked him about the hair and if he was planning to change it up or, or do anything different. And he said he was planning to change it up uh, to make it look a bit different than than Zardis. So may, maybe he's ready to do that. Maybe it's time to shave it off and, and get away from the blonde. Yeah, maybe it was. Uh, yeah, definitely need definitely needs new color. All right. Well, the next game for the U20s, uh, that will be on June 5th when they take on Ukraine, opportunity for them um, to win the group. I was now talking about the U.S. men's national team, senior team, Jurgen Klinsmann, name the roster. As always, there's plenty to talk about when you look at this. You have big omissions, guys who are regular players not called up due to some injuries or other reasons. You have some young players who are going to get some big minutes. Like I said, as always, plenty to talk about with the roster that Jurgen Klinsmann put out. I think people were definitely surprised, but you know, once we started to kind of get a rundown of what the the explanation was behind uh, most of these decisions, uh, I don't think any of them were, were really a surprise. Obviously, Clint Dempsey's out; he's about to have the birth of his first of his fourth child, so he you know he he wants to stay home and, and be there with his wife. Uh, and then you obviously have Alejandro Bedoya, who's dealing with a knee issue. So right off the bat, that's two of your top guys. You're already missing Josie Altador. Uh, and then there were some other players that are missing. Greg Garza is, is missing, and he, uh, from what I've been told, he he is nursing an injury, uh, and so he, you know, they, he wanted to, uh, they needed him to sit out. Jeff Cameron, uh, I know people when they saw that that omission uh, right away jumped on that one, given that he missed the uh, the friendlies in March. But uh, initially, I had heard that there was an injury involved. That he might be nursing an injury, but the latest that I've heard that I've been told is that he actually he he in Stoke City had requested for him to not be brought in because he's just finished a long season uh, and he basically needs a rest. And uh, from that standpoint, if that was the case and, they, and, they, and he asked to, to not be called in, then you can kind of understand why Klinsman chose not to call him in. Now, as far as guys who, who weren't called in uh, and there was no clear-cut reason that we, can, uh, that we know of, Omar Gonzalez is one uh, and Matt Beasler is another. Beasler has not been in great form, so i actually not surprised by that at all. The Omar Gonzalez one's a little bit surprising uh, for me, but obviously Klinsman, he, he he let it be known. There's some some new faces he wants to get uh, to look at at the center back position. One of them obviously is being uh, Ventura Alvarado, so he doesn't bring in Omar Gonzalez for this one. So uh, for me, those two uh, were a little bit surprising. And then you have the quote unquote snubs. 
the guys who flat out just weren't called in and probably aren't going to be called in. I think the guy at the top of everybody's list as far as MLS fans and followers goes is Benny Failhaber, who's been an outstanding form. Uh, you can argue he's been the best midfielder, definitely one of the best midfielders in the league uh, so far this season in MLS. However, uh, Klinsman just doesn't rate him. And, uh, you know, this is what I've heard. I've been told that, you know, he's taken a look at him in the past. He hasn't been that impressed. He doesn't He doesn't see him fitting in. Uh, I don't know if it's also a personality issue or if it's just strictly he doesn't see him fitting in his system. Whatever the reason, Phil Harbour just isn't in Klinsman's plans. And I think the most telling part of this whole thing was when Jurgen Klinsman calls up Jermaine Jones. Jermaine Jones gets hurt. He can call someone else in. He doesn't call anyone. He says, nah, we're good. We don't need anyone else. So I thought that was a pretty clear indication of just how far away some of these guys are to getting called in. Well, looking at the guys that you said that w- that are that would be on this team for whatever reason they're not on this team. That's seven guys right there between Josie Atterdorf, Clint Dempsey, Alejandro Bedoya, Jeff Cameron, Omar Gonzalez, Jermaine Jones, and Matt Beasler. I mean, those are seven starters right there, which now looking at this roster, uh, I, I guess you're going to have to have a lot of young guys play a lot of big-time minutes in going up against the Netherlands and going up against Germany. I mean, a lot of these guys are going to have to play outstanding defense for 90 minutes. They cannot take off plays. And when you look at this and you just look at the defense, for example, I mean, there's a possibility that you could have Breck Shea, Ventura Alvarado, John Brooks, and DeAndre Gillen as your back four. I mean, what, what do they combine? 20 caps between all of those guys? No, well, that's part of the deal. You know, I mean, I think he, uh, you know, and also Graham Zussi. We, I think we forgot to mention Graham Zussi was, is another one. Oh, yes. That's right. So that's, that's eight, eight potential starters all missing. Right. Um, but, I, I mean, again, all, a lot of them have their own, for whatever reason, they have their own excuses. Of course, yeah. Uh, there's only a couple that are DMP coaches' decisions, um, but uh, I mean it, you can't avoid it. Once once you're already missing Dempsey, Altador, Bedoya, uh, that core guys, and you're gonna have to kind of tr- try some new faces. I can understand why why Klinsman wants to get a look at some guys, and um, so I mean I, I really don't have too much of an issue with the roster that he brought in. I'm curious to see how some of these guys do, especially the center backs. Uh, when you think about the fact that Jermaine Jones, the, the Jermaine, oh by the way, the Jermaine Jones experiment at center back is over. Klinsman has put has made it be known he is done with the experiment. So I know U.S. fan, a lot of U.S. fans are rejoicing. Yeah. They're celebrating. They're, they're they're storming the streets. They're burning cars and everything. Uh, they're happy about that. Um, but but that being said, uh, no Jones, no Gonzalez, no Beesler. Um, these are the guys who've had who've gotten a ton of the minutes at mm-hmm. center back. Over the past year, so now you don't have those guys. Now you have to go with the Ventura Alvarado. Now you have to go with the John Brooks. And and again, these guys, you can argue they're the future of the positions. So why not give them chances mm-hmm. against some of the top teams in the world? Yeah. Uh, also, possibility. I mean, hey, Brad Evans was called up by this. Knowing Klinsman, I mean, we could see him at center back probably. So we could see him at playmaker. I mean, come <laughs> on, let's be honest. I mean, we know you know we know you're going to like this experiment. Uh, just kidding. No, Watch I, I, him I say know. it throughout the week. We'll just drop a little hint that Brad Evans could play center back if needed. I, I, can, I, I already hear it now. Well, we think we think Brad Evans has got good skills. He can play all over the field. He's, he's a good player. He's, he's, we're going to test his benchmarks. But uh, but uh, but no, you know, Evans. He's versatile. He's a little jack of all trades. You could stick him in a variety of places. So I don't know about him at center back though. I think that's. Uh, I know he's settled in there now after a rough go in the beginning with Seattle. But I don't know the international game. It's a whole other level. I mean, it's a whole other thing. Uh, to play him there, yeah. Well, before, so, before, well, see. before Evans, you still have uh, Michael Roscoe, who you have to assume is above Evans on the depth chart, who could potentially also start one of these two games. Right. I mean, I think I think he'll start one, and I think Alvarado will start one if if he had to 
if you had to guess. And I think Brooks will start both. I mean, you 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 have to look at if you're in Klinsman and you look at the the left center back position. Beasler has been struggling. Uh, if you're if you're Jurgen, you're looking at him. You're looking at Brooks. Brooks is much younger. Brooks is coming off a season where he's been starting in the Bundesliga. He's going to give Brooks every chance to make that position his. So I think this is these games of all games are the perfect opportunity for for Brooks to really show what he can do on the international level. Now, obviously, against Ghana in the World Cup last year, he did great. He had some really good showings uh, last year at the World Cup. But this, but since then, and even before then, he's he's had a lot of rocky uh, outings. For the U.S., so I think these two games are a great opportunity for Brooks to kind of cement his standing and and make that position his own. Well, moving up the field, the strength of this team is for sure going to be the midfield. We could see a combination of Kyle Beckerman, Michael Bradley, uh, Danny Williams, who's looked pretty good, uh, Fabian Johnson. Uh, I mean, obviously, the midfield's really going to have to hold down everything for the for this team when they play these two friendlies. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, they, they were. I don't know if there were any real surprises as far as the guys that were called in there. Uh, mixed this group, I think yeah, I'd say have... mixed this group could be your one. It, 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 I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's been such a regular for such a long time, and we know. Look, Clemson's not going to just d- discard a guy like that who's been a uh, such a regular, an irregular starter. I know he didn't call him in in March, but uh, uh, he has he's, he hasn't been in great form for NYCFC. So we'll see what where his standing is now, or if he's kind of falling behind some of these other guys. Because for my money. Uh, you you can definitely argue that Mora- Alfredo Morales and Danny Williams have moved ahead of him, or they should have moved ahead of him, just in terms of uh, their their form, their level of play over the last few months. So so we'll see if that if that's how it actually plays out. Well, I know I know personally, I want to see Dal- Danny Williams. I want to see Williams, Michael Bradley paired up. I know Beckerman and Bradley is probably going to be a combo we're going to see, but I want to see Danny Williams. Well, the other thing too is if if some of these guys who are injured that are not called up or just not called up for a reason, I don't think Disgrude's going to be there, and not because of his form with NYCFC. I mean, outside of a few minutes here and there in games, he doesn't really impress um, for the U.S. Men's National Team. But when you look at the midfield, though, uh, I mean, who has the most to benefit from this? Is, is it Danny Williams? Is it Fabian Johnson? Is it Alfredo Morales? I mean, which guy has the biggest opportunity ahead of him in these two matches? Well, we're talking about if we're talking the entire midfield, then obviously there's there's questions about the wing and and who's going to step up. But let, well, let's start with the middle though. Uh, obviously, Morales and uh, and Williams are the two guys who stand the most to gain, I think, in these friendlies because they 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 both need to show a bit more. I think Williams in March, I thought he showed well. I thought I thought he helped his stock. Uh, Morales was a bit up and down, so I think Morales needs to needs to show what he can do. And look, if you're a Klinsman and you look at Alfredo Morales, you see a guy who. Had a great club season. He helped this team gain promotion in the Bundesliga. Uh, you know, chances are he's going to start in the Bundesliga next year. So, and he's a young. He's still young. He's twenty five. Uh, if you're a Klinsman, you're seeing him as a guy on the upswing, and you're going to give him an opportunity to show what he can do. So, I think he has. He stands a lot, to, a lot to gain on the wing. Let's see who he looks at on the wing. Uh, I, I did a projected lineup uh, with my roster breakdown for Goal.com, and I included DeAndre Ellen playing playing DeAndre Ellen on the right wing. And I know some people are like, what, are you, what is that? What are you doing? He's, he's not a right wing. He's a fullback. Look, Klinsman has used him on the right wing before. He used him on the right wing in the World Cup. Uh, and I just think the way things are, are, are laid out, I think I think, I think we could see him there. Uh, and just just like we could see Breck Shea on the left wing as well. The, the, the left, the, the true wing options, there's not a ton of them. You have Miguel Ibarra, who I'm not sold on. But again, maybe Klinsman gives him his chance against the high-level competition. Uh, but other than Fabian Johnson, who do you have that's a winger that you can really get excited about on this roster? None really. I, I that's why I was thinking that Jurgen should come out like in a three-five-two. Not stop it. And have Yedlin as a wing back and Breck Shea as a wing back, just flanking all game long. No defense, um, just all attack. 
I think you're. <laughs> I, I think if someone <laughs> forces Jurgen to drink like a bottle of vodka before the game, maybe he would get drunk enough to do that against the Netherlands and against Germany. But uh, yeah, I have a hard time seeing that, man. I think we're gonna see straight up four four two or four five one. Uh, you know, I, I listed a four two three one in my in my in my um, my projection. My projection had uh, Breck Shea at left back, Fabian Johnson left wing. Uh, Timmy Chandler right back, DeAndre Yellen right wing. That's a lot of speed on the flanks, which you need against the Dutch. Uh, I feel like every time the U.S. has played the Dutch, and I feel like I think they've, they've played at least twice, uh, maybe three times in the past 10 years. Every time they play, the U.S. has all sorts of problems on the wing, all sorts of problems dealing with the speed on the flanks of the Dutch. If they try out a lineup like that, it'll, I think they'll be okay. Uh, I don't know about the middle of the field if they're going to be able to hang. But uh, if you're Klinsman, you want to have speed on the flanks against them and also against Germany. Uh, so we'll see what he does. Uh, the question is now the forward position. You have four very young players. Juan Agudelo, Aaron Johansson, Bobby Wood, and Jazzy Sardis. I just, where are the goals going to be coming from out of these four guys? It's got to be Aaron Johansson, man. He's, I think he's going to be this. I, don't, I know a lot of people saying, oh, it's got to be 4-2, got to be 4-4-2. And, and we, said it, uh, we said it in the previous shows. I know, I know people want to see Aaron Johansson and Juan Agudelo together. I, I, I know that. But I just don't know if Klinsman is going to do that. I don't know if he's going to start out with that pairing against this level of competition. I think we're more likely to see 4 2 3 one. Um, Hopefully at some point we see Agudelo and Johansson together. But I don't know if we see them in the starting lineup together. If we do, that'd be great. It'd be great to see what they can do, uh, see what kind of service the midfield could provide for them. Uh, but I don't know, man. I think if you're, I think I, I have a feeling Klinsman's going to go with a five-man midfield to try to help them on the possession side. Because if you're, if you're talking about matching up with the Germans and matching up with the Dutch straight up, man for man in the midfield, you're going to lose. I think. I think, especially looking at the at, at the personnel, I think you're going to lose. So I think you need that extra guy in the midfield. So we'll see. We'll see what Klinsman does. Well, the game is going to be on June 5th in Amsterdam. I was the goal leading goal scorer on this team is Michael Bradley. After him. Is mixed Discrude and then Breck Shea. You got to give me a prediction for this game. Who's scoring the goals? Uh, we're doing the Dutch prediction. We're, we're having another show before that they, that game. Well, I guess we are having another show before that. Yeah, let's take it easy. Let's see how the week plays out. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see if there's any <laughs> other injuries. But uh, it, it, look, the, the Dutch are going to be favored, and uh, I don't know anyone who's not going to pick Dutch to win that game. I think, but I think if you're Klinsman, you want to see how your center backs do. And you want to see how your how your midfield does. Uh, obviously, the forwards you you, you, you want to see Johansson step up and show what he can do. And look, Johansson's going to be playing in the uh, and he's going to play in Amsterdam. He obviously plays in the Eredivisie, so he, he should feel comfortable and should should be look to have himself a big game. But I think if you're Klinsman, the, the, of the highest priority center, you want to see some center backs step up. And I think that game is both those games, but I think definitely Friday is going to be a big test for whoever you start. Uh, one position we didn't talk about is goalkeeper Brad Guzan is for sure going to be the starter. You're going to even mention that Brad Guzan will be the starter uh, once the Gold Cup starts. The other thing with the goalkeeper position, William Yarbrough, Ivis, he got called up. No Bill Hamid. Has, William, has, has Yarbrough now surpassed Bill Hamid for that third spot? I wouldn't say that. Uh, from my understanding, uh, Bill Hamid, the reason that, that Klinsman chose... Uh, Yarborough over Amit is simple. It's you know if we're talking about your third goalkeeper, a guy who probably might not play, why not start the guy who wouldn't miss any games for being called in? Bill Hamid, if he would have been called in, would have missed two games for DC United. So what's what's better for him, uh, having him start two games or having him sit on the bench in Germany when you can have a guy like Yarborough who's not who's done his season's done. So from that standpoint, I, I don't know if we should should read a ton into it just yet. 
uh, I think, look, Hamid's having a great year. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So uh, I, I don't know if anyone should, should jump to conclusions about about Yarbrough jumping ahead of Hamid. And before we move on to the U23s and talk about their loss in the Toulon tournament, Ivis and I are very proud to announce that we have uh, added SoccerLoco.com as our newest sponsor. And, uh, and you know, we're both really fr- thrilled about it, Ivis. No, definitely. I mean, we obviously... Uh, people are always looking for places to to, to buy uh, all sorts of things in, in the soccer world. You, you you need cleats, you need balls, you need. And we all know everyone needs jerseys. So uh, now people know when they listen to the show, we're going to remind them the place to go, the place to buy their 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 gear and everything. You want to go to soccerloco.com. dot com. Uh, we've got a nice arrangement with them now. We will have a a code, a promo code. Mm-hmm. We don't have it yet, but. Stay tuned for the next episode. We'll have a nice promo code for you guys to to use, so you can buy your buy all your soccer stuff. Of course, and not just jersey, man. I do. I know a lot of people that need cleats. They're like my age. You're still wearing the same cleats you know, bought when you're 18. You got duct tape on them. Like, good opportunity to get new cleats. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not for joking. The weekend, for the for the weekend warriors like yourself who like who like to take on six foot three goalkeepers and get concussions. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, for sure. You're that get- did not cause me a concussion this time. <laughs> No, so you already had brain. Damage. I, I had a concussion. Um, <laughs> Remember when I was in Portland? I couldn't play in the you know celebrity all star game because I was I was too I couldn't dethrone Franco. Ugh, horrible. Anyways, point is point is soccerloco dot com is our new sponsor. Be on the lookout for them. We'll have a, we'll have a promo code like I have said, and it's a uh, it's gonna be a great opportunity for people to take take advantage of some good deals. Yes, sir. And make sure you hit them up so they know uh, they know you're, you're listening to the show. All right, Ivis. Well, moving over and shifting gears, dropping down a few age, uh, dropping down an age group on the national team. The U twenty threes. We didn't have a chance to talk about this, but they went out and defeated the Netherlands in the third game. They have lost to Costa Rica two to one. And as we said, it's it's kind of hard to you know gauge you know where a team really is at that the U S is playing in the U twenty threes. A lot of these guys you may not know many things about them, but when you look at the loss to Costa Rica after a letdown, which is, you know, a win against the Netherlands. I mean, what is going on with the U23s and so far? I mean, how have they fared in the tournament? Well, look, the first game was a stinker, as we talked about. Um, they came out in the second game. Credit to them. Credit to Jerome Kieswetter, uh and even Julian Green. Julian Green had himself a good game as well. The, the rebound, the, the, the way they bounced back against the Dutch was very impressive. Having said that, they go up against Costa Rica, and they just didn't play well. They didn't play well. Flat out, Costa Rica played better. Costa Rica was a better team on the day, and you know it, it'd be uh, the U.S. was still wasn't as bad as they were against the Dutch, but they they had their opportunities in this game. They didn't take them. They just didn't look sharp at all. And uh, again, this is a, it's this is a strange tournament uh, from the standpoint of this team, and that it's all it's kind of, it's all a bit thrown together. You have guys who still who really aren't familiar with each other, and that's the good thing about this tournament. I know people at the end of the day are going to look at this and, and be disappointed by the way the team. Uh, finished up because they've already essentially been knocked. Out. They won't be playing, barring a miracle. I, I, I think that I don't know if they're still alive, but they I, I, they won't be playing in the in the third place game. They obviously aren't going to win the group. France is going to win the group. Um, but still, if you're Andy Herzog, what you wanted out of this tournament was games for your guys to get familiar with each other, and also for you to see who who's do, who does well, who who looks good, who doesn't look well, good. Uh, for, well, who, for me, for who has looked year. who has looked good so far? Because well, hey, I think me, Jordan Morris has looked pretty solid. But well, after that, I mean, everyone's so up and down every single game. It's really tough to gauge who really right. is is showing major potential here. Yeah, obviously, look, Morris, he's looked good. He, he's definitely uh, made his case for being the, uh, the the top guy in this in this age group. Um, I think Fatai Alashi looked good against Costa Rica. I thought Alashi, and, and aside from the goal, I thought he looked I thought he looked good. I thought he was all over the field. He he looks like a guy who's playing regularly. 
for his club side. But beyond that, I didn't. I wasn't that impressed. And look, Julian Green against Costa Rica was not. I did. He, he didn't impress me. And I, I know. I you know. Apparently, some other, some other journalists thought he did do well. I didn't think it. I didn't think it at all. Um, so he's still a guy. He's still a guy who's up and down. And I mean, for as 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 much hype as there is about him, as much as much as he's supposed to kind of be the future for the U.S. national team, um, he, he I, I, I haven't seen it. I need to see it a little more consistently. I mean, I, I think, and I'm sure everyone agrees. I'm sure you, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, and yours, like I'm sure they would agree. Um, but it was at least good to see him against the Dutch make an impact and and kind of more look 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 the part. But I think we're still waiting to see him be a dominant force. And maybe that's a lot to ask for coming off a year where he just didn't play. Well, when, when you look at this roster as a whole, and, and this team still has one more game coming up, um, that's on June 2nd against uh, Qatar um, or Qatar. Like, I say Qatar, man. I don't know. I know is it, is it Qatar? I, it's all over the place I sometimes. say Qatar. I mean, I... I I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the. I don't know what. We'll go with Qatar from now on for the show. You can say. I'm sure whatever you decide is wrong, since you know you don't know how to say names. That's true. So we'll, so we'll say I'll say Qatar, and that's a real life thing too, not just like an SBI show like Stick. Like you know, <laughs> it's like it's a real world thing. Anyway, point is, Ivis, um, you know, we, we've talked about this roster being potentially a, a B squad. They they are missing some players that will be participating with this team in Olympic qualifying. But when you look at this roster overall, I mean, d- does it give you any worry that when Olympic qualifying starts and just the play of these guys? And yes, it is a very tough tournament. Concacaf qualifying is much different. But but does it give you any worry? that this team may not get out of Olympic qualifying. Obviously, I think people are going to be a little worried about that, especially when you when you see them lose to Costa Rica. That definitely raises a little uh, some alarm alarm bells because hey, this is a CONCACAF opponent. Um what if, you know, if you're talking about Mexico, you're talking about Costa Rica, uh, you know, Panama, you know, we're we're looking at their U20s. Their their U20s are are beasting right now at the Under 20 World Cup. They tied Argentina they're a real force, and you wonder how many of those guys are going to move up to the 23s to, to play for them. So all of a sudden, you know, I know when I first started talking about the 23s, I'm like, look, they should make it. They're going to have everybody, all hands on deck. You're going to have John Brooks, DeAndre Yenlin, Rubio Rubin. Um, but having said that, you know, there's still some issues there. There's some questions about their defense, definitely. I think the biggest question mark for me is at center back, uh, at, well, def- defense in general, because I think up top, you know, they're, they're, you have Jordan Morris, you have Rubio Rubin, you have Jerome Kiesweather, who looked good. Uh, look, obviously, he looked great against the Dutch, and I thought he looked good against Costa Rica. He was pretty active, even though the midfield was kind of uh, left him out, left, left him kind of begging, begging for service. But uh, they're, they're good attacking options. I mean, I think Emerson Heinemann, someone who's going to play up. Uh, mm-hmm. Jose Villarreal is, you know, if he's healthy. Luis Gill, who obviously, you know, he would have been on this team if Real Salt Lake chose to let him go. He's someone who will be a factor as well. So, they, they, you know, anyone getting too crazy, let's not forget now, there are a lot of guys who will, who will, who will be on the team when qualifying comes around. So uh, I, I wouldn't go too crazy. Now, having said that, defense is still a question mark. There, there is uh, – there, there are a lack of, like, clear-cut options. I know John Brooks is one. I think he's a guy you're going to start in qualifying uh, it, when he when you get to the to the knockout games and, and he'll be a, a, able to play because it's a FIFA window, FIFA fixture date. Um, but then beyond that, the rest of the back line is up and it's it's completely up in air for me. So we'll see we'll see what Andy Herzog does in the coming months. Well, like I said the next match for the U.S. will be on June second against Qatar. All right, Ivis. So now we have to bring down the mood of the show. You can cue the Darth Vader Imperial March theme song right now. We, yeah, no, not that one. It's it's uh, that was the New Hope one. Oh my God, this sucks. We're gonna get crushed if we can't remember this one. It's the one that play games. Point is, 
I have a set bladder. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Okay. Anyway, point is, set bladder, Ivis, has been reelected as the FIFA supreme leader. He'll be there till he dies. We can all rejoice in, in glory of that it is set bladder. Garrett, I like you. I like you. I like FIFA. I, I like that you keep me on FIFA. I am the president of everything. Of everybody, I'm the president of everybody. That's that's not a, that's that a, that's still, one of your worst accents. I think you've ever the, done. Listen, man, I, <laughs> that was that was pretty bad. I, I, Out of all your accents, that might be the worst. The one. World Cup of 2022 FIFA. There you Qatar. go. There you go. That that's yeah. a little better. There you go. <laughs> listen, man, it was just, it was unbelievable. I mean, it, it was believable, but not, but then unbelievable at the same time. It was un, it it was believable that FIFA so corrupt that that, <laughs> pe- that that he would get enough votes to stay as president. But it was unbelievable. Just the whole. Sh- Spectac- the whole spectacle of the whole thing. Oh, it was outstanding. And and, and, and the and the the hubris of this guy, the 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 uh, the, the arrogance of this guy. It's just unbelievable. I mean, he he's completely gone full blown caricature at this point, <laughs> and it's and it's it's crazy. And we'll see what happens in the coming months because I, I, you just get the feeling the the walls are closing in. There was a report on Monday, the New York Times reporting that uh, Blatter's right hand man, uh, Jerome Valk. Uh, was the guy who did the ten million dollar payoff bribe, whatever, or or or, or is the one who transferred the ten million dollars to, to to grease the wheels for South Africa to get the World Cup? Um, and, and so that's you know what a step closer to bladder. And I know he keeps trying to tell everybody, look, I have nothing to do with he, this. He can't he can't keep eyes and you know tasks on every single person. Yeah, you know I can't keep I can't keep uh, you know I can't keep my eyes on everybody. Well, if his right hand man it turns out to be the guy who was was pulling strings, it's going to be a lot harder for him to deny involvement. So we'll see we'll see what happens in the coming months. And uh, you got to feel for Sunil Galati a bit. Obviously, he put his he put his support behind Prince Ali. Uh, and then Prince Ali fell short, and our and and, and Seth Blatter is pretty much like, uh, you know, I forgive people, but uh, I don't forget. I don't forget. So yes, we'll we'll his his speech was very just like, yeah, man, quietly just, like a middle finger to everyone, just like there's nothing you can do. He's he's a he. Right. I I thought his speech was pretty aggressive. <laughs> it was. I'm like listening, and he's like talking like he's like some you know you you could never get rid of him like he was a dictator. When he said I'm the president, when he said I'm the president of everybody, that was just like, come on! I can't wait for the shirts. I can't wait for the t-shirts to come out. Well, I, I couldn't just believe the spectacle that it was, and they, they casted the votes and they dumped them on a table in front of everyone. It's just, it was like the most bizarre thing I have ever seen. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, the crazy. I stay. I mean, we had just done the show, I think, and I, I mean, I stayed up till six a.m., seven a.m., or six a.m waiting thinking they would do the vote right and, and I, after three hours i'm like you know what let me just go to sleep i'll just wake up and whatever the results are i'll just see what the results are and i wake up the next day and they still hadn't voted they were still they were just about to vote so it's unbelievable uh i'm uh, you know obviously they waited up for me but uh, <laughs> you should you should have said something man they probably would have listened i should have called the bad phone and then gotten some they would have been like oh i have a scholarship of the sbi show yeah we'll wait we'll wait oh can, yeah. we, can we get set blatter on your show oh yeah for sure right, that's like i'm sure swiss police are looking for me right now <laughs> but uh no but you know it, it's 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 a joke man it really is and i know a lot of people are really scratching their heads as to how this happens but what it, here's what it boils down to right set has been president for a long time he's made a lot of friends he's greased a lot of wheels he's paid off a lot of people indirectly and formally formally uh a lot of small countries he has he has sent them money uh, to help the game, quote unquote, yeah. and in the process, you know, all those countries appreciate it. And I think it is interesting how 
the opinion the the opinion in Africa of uh, of Seth Blatter is a lot different than it is in the U.S. Obviously, because look, he's the man who made a World Cup happen in Africa, and and mm-hmm. for however that happened, the corruption or not, he made a World Cup happen in Africa, and people in Africa have not forgotten that. So from that standpoint. He, a lot of people love him. I mean, there were people taking selfies with him, the, the officials, and couldn't wait to shake his hand. So it's it's clear there are a lot of deluded people who, who who either are completely misguided about what he represents and or are just part of the whole scam and they have to stay alone. Well, I think it's <laughs> – I think it's part, well. Here's here's the reality with, with FIFA and and how just like on American this is and maybe not not everyone realizes this. A country like Fiji has the same voting power as Brazil to England. Every country gets one vote. And I loved how Sepp Blatter afterwards went up there and thanked Oceania first. That like, was that, so dirty. That, that was, just that just that's what, what I'm so, saying. That it's it's like I'm gonna thank Oceania yeah. and let you know how he corrupt waited, I am. I mean, come on. He, wait, he didn't wait a minute to start already paying back. Uh, people that and and I'm sorry, but if I'm like an oceanic country, I'm like not, I'm like waving my hands like no, no, shut. Well, up. Why would like, you say so, that? You just voted yeah. for him, though. You're probably yeah, just like yeah, yeah that's right. Like, I'm in his like, house. Yeah, way, way to implicate. <laughs> way that's to what implicate I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's why I thought his speech was literally just like a you know f you to everyone. There's nothing you can do. I that, that was absurd. Uh, it's just yeah. the whole scene was just. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, all we can do. Listen, Loretta Loretta Lynch, you're you're our hope. You're our only hope. The uh, the attorney general for the United States, she's the one leading the charge on this federal case against the uh, the corrupt the corruption and and, and the, the officials that have been arrested. So we'll see, man. We'll see if uh, if Seth Blatter can stay in office. We'll see if Seth Blatter comes to the U.S. for the Gold Cup. I know apparently no he's going to be in Canada for the Women's World Cup, and we'll see. Uh, it, it, we'll see if in any of his visits to North America he finds his way into a pair of handcuffs, and I'm sure that's what a lot of people are waiting for. Yeah, that's not, I mean, the U.S., Canada, I mean, I'm sure we had to have pretty um, open communication on, on moving criminals. I can't think of the correct name right now. Uh, I can't remember it, but point is, even, <laughs> even if he goes to Canada, that could be bad news for him, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, extradition. Is Extradited, thank you. Extradition, uh, yeah, thank you, thank yeah, you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure uh, if they, but they, they have to get the goods on him first. That's we'll true. see if they, at this point, I don't know if they've got him yet. I know Jerome Valk has already conveniently uh, canceled his plans to come for the Women's World Cup. Uh, that was very, uh, very subtle. Um, but Bladder, man, uh, we'll see, man. I, the clock's ticking. I'd tell you what, this time, I would say by this time next year, if he's not in in handcuffs and if he's still in power, then there's just something wrong with his world. Well, maybe they'll just give him a plea deal, and he won't be in handcuffs. He'll have to do, you know, like ten hours of community service or something. Mm, I don't know, man. I think, I think as long as Qatar is hosting the World Cup, he will continue to be uh, chased after. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just it's just the U.S. You know, having you know, just going after them. You know, that's just that's yeah, just what the U.S. Just, does, man. We're, we're just, just we're bitter. still we're, we're, just yeah, we're still bitter about it. Just like just like yeah, as as Jack Warner pointed out. Oh uh, God, just, can you please uh, let uh, everyone uh, know what that uh, is you're talking uh, about? So, so Jack Warner. The, who has been arrested and already released uh, on bail? Actually, uh, he actually used an article from the Onion as evidence of this whole uh, of the U.S.'s uh, uh, true motives in this whole uh, investigation and arrests and all that. Uh, he, he had no idea that the, this this Onion article was a complete uh, just it, it was just made the up. Onion's it's, a joke. The Onion's a joke. Yeah, Every article's a, a joke. Website and and, and they, they they write fake stories and the story in question uh, and it was pretty funny was that you know FIFA is, is hastily putting together a 2015 World Cup that will be held in the U S and I mean that's I mean even the most basic <laughs> soccer fan can tell how absurd that is and how unreal it is so like it was great the Jack Warner 
actually took the bait on that. That's hilarious. Well, and then he also talked about you know why he got arrested and why everything's wrong. I, I mean, if if I'm his lawyer, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Don't say anything. Oh my well, gosh. The, well, the, well, look, the fact that he actually got out of jail because he he had to go to the hospital, and then that night he was seen dancing at a, at a oh, rally. I know, was I like, know. I mean, come on, this guy's got no shame. It's it's. <laughs> It's 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 a comical at this point, man. It's such a farce. I don't know, man. Uh, I just want to know where all these guys are gonna go hide because I, I I got a feeling uh, these guys are gonna are, are gonna be skipping town. I don't sense. know, man. I think they're gonna get off. I think maybe a few guys will get couple you know a couple slap on the wrist, but I think the most of them will get off. We shall see. Yeah. All right, Evis. Well, this past weekend, MLS Week 13 went in the books. Great game. New England Revolution, LA Galaxy ended in a uh, 2-2 drop. More importantly, Ivis, for the Galaxy, four points during the week. You walk away from Boston, rainy, horrible conditions. Everything's against you. You walk away with one point. Great week for the Galaxy and great result against the New England Revolution. Oh, definitely. They have to feel pretty good about that uh, going into New England, a tough place, a tough team to play. Uh, and also, without Robbie Keane, without Robbie Rogers, uh, they were missing a handful of guys. And some of their bench guys stepped up. I mean, Ignacio Maganto, the rookie, Nacho Maganto, uh, who had an outstanding week for them. Uh, he was great. And uh, overall, a really good team performance for them. If you're Bruce Serena, you got to feel pretty good uh, about getting four points in a week when you didn't have Robbie Keane in your starting lineup. Uh, they'll be there in the end. I think. I think. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think anyone should be surprised by that. Uh, Seattle defeated New York Red Bulls two to one, and for New York, Lloyd Sam scores the opening goal. You have such a great first half, then everything falls off the wheels, and any lose, man, dude, tough result for New York this weekend. Right. Well, I mean, it's not so much the wheels fell off as Seattle showed their quality. I mean, I think it's going to be tough for anybody to go up into Seattle and shut them down when they're at full strength. When you're talking about. Dempsey, not only Dempsey and Martins, everybody knows about those two, but Marco Papa has been on fire lately. He was great again in this game. Uh, just it gives them that third weapon that they need to really uh, overwhelm opponents. And right now they are the class of the league. They're head and shoulders right now above the rest. And, uh, you know, it's good. let's see how far they can go because I tell you what, they, they could absolutely run away with the Supporters Shield race. And one team that really benefited from New England drawing LA Galaxy is DC United, who pick up another three points. They're they're extending their lead in the Eastern Conference, and they also pretty much brought down the Philadelphia Union back to earth. Philadelphia didn't come into the game with back to back wins. DC scores late goals, one at the very end of the match, and then DC Ivis. Everything is just usual business for them right now. Uh, it's a tough loss for Philly. Uh, obviously, it was a it was a, a close game, a uh, uh, pretty pretty physical game, and uh, pretty even. And then uh, obviously you get the handball call on uh, Zach Pfeffer, and talk about what a difference a few weeks can make. Where you know the last time these teams met, he scores the late winner, and he's on cloud nine. Then they meet again at RFK, and he gets the handball called against them that gives uh, DC the winning penalty. I know some people are going to say, "Oh, how do you call that?" But you know what? It, it, it's tough. The ball it was floating in it was floating for a while in the air. If you have your if you have your arm up. The way he had it up, you're going to get it called. I mean, it's not, uh, it's hard to call that a hand to ball, a, a ball to hand situation when, you you know, it's just a case of him completely whiffing on a, on a header attempt. That's his fault. He had to do better on that play. But look, credit to DC, they 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 kept pushing Philly and got the three points, and that's what they do, man. They, they games are never aren't rarely pretty with DC. But they find a way to get the three points more often than not. Uh, Sporting Kansas City just smoked FC Dallas four to zero. I mean, what? I mean, Sporting Kansas City, Ivis. I saw the second time in three matches where they've scored four goals. FC Dallas lost this weekend, but dude, what? What? What happened in this match? 
Casey, well, I mean, the red card, Zach Lloyd gets a second yellow. That opened things up. But look, Casey's playing really well right now. Uh, Nam- Namath is is, play- is he's on fire. Think about Casey score four goals, and uh, without Dom Dwyer, uh, and they and and they lit it up. Uh, they're they're right now next to Seattle. Sporting KC for me is the second best team in the league right now, and it's impressive considering the fact that they lost Icopara for the uh, pretty much almost for the season a while back, and he was their best defender. They've overcome that. They overcame uh, goalkeeper Luis Marine. Uh, leaving, uh, he had, he cited uh, from what I've been told, family issues. He, he decided to leave, uh, and and now Tim Tim is it Melia Melia? He's done great for them. You're uh, asking stepped, me. I, mean, I know I'm asking <laughs> you exactly because I've heard it different ways now. So I'm gonna have to ask somebody to give me a clarification on that. But he he's stepped in, looked really good for them. So KC man, I said it before the season. I think KC's gonna surprise people. I think people are sleeping on KC. And look at them, man. They're rolling. Portland Timbers picked up a very big victory, 2-1. to one. And, and yes, I get it. It's the Colorado Rapids. But look, it's their third match in seven days. Three points in this one. That's now back-to-back wins for them. I mean, that's a huge result for Portland on the road. Big, big, big result. And just seeing Caleb Porter's reaction was was priceless. I mean, he he uh, he they had they wanted to have that one so badly, especially when they give up the late equalizer. Uh, it looked like, oh man, what a gut punch with Sam Cronin scoring a beautiful goal. Uh, but they come right back. Jack Jewsbury, the grizzled veteran, uh, slots one home. And look, what do you know? One week ago, Timbers fans were not happy. Uh, they, they let their unhappiness be known. They made a banner. Uh, complaining about the fact that their team was below the red line, not in the playoff position. And two wins one week later, all of a sudden, they've jumped up into sixth place. Will Will, Will Johnson is back. Uh, things are looking up for them, man. To tell you what, man, uh, I tried to say it. Uh, don't. don't uh, it was a little early on Portland for, for panic time. They're going to be just fine. Uh, yeah, Portland right now, sixth spot in the Western uh, Conference. Orlando played Columbus to a 2-2 draw, scored a late ma- uh, scored a late goal in the 89th minute for this one. Um, huge result for Orlando, but on the other hand, dude, Kai Kamara, I have his 10th goal of the season. His previous high was in 2012 when he scored 11 goals. Dude, the guy is unstoppable this year. Yeah, he's done really well for them, but again, uh, it, it, he, I mean, and look, this isn't a, his fault, but uh, he's he was outstanding. Uh, he was a goal machine in May, right? Uh, but Columbus only won one match, so the crew are, are not taking advantage of his goal production. Uh, but he's doing really well, and, and he just has to keep it going. Now the crew have to figure some other things out. Obviously a bit unlucky on their part in this game with the Michael Parker's red card. I thought that was a little uh, – I thought it was pre- really harsh, actually. I thought it was very harsh because um, it didn't – it was hard to call that a blatant uh, handball. I mean, he – could you argue that he moved his arm up a little pro- – a little bit? But, I mean, it, it was such a bang-bang play. His arm was still by his body. Uh I, I mean, if he doesn't move his arm, if he doesn't move his arm at all, the ball still hits him in the body. It's so for me, I thought it was an, a, a harsh call, hard, definitely harsh call. But you know what? You have to live with those. The crew, they got to figure some things out. Uh, Vancouver White Whitecaps right of the ship. They defeated Real Salt Lake two to one uh, for Real Salt Lake. Ivis, they're now uh, one up from the bottom spot in the Western Conference at this point of the season. I can't remember the last time at this point of the season they were that low. In the standings, they've lost three of four. Their wins are not over good teams. I mean, is this the end for Real Salt Lake? They're struggling, man. There's no other way to say it. I mean, we always. It, it, I think most people thought it would be a rebuilding year for them, right? And then on top of that, they've had injuries. They've had uh, guys. Obviously, you lose Jao Plata, who was really such a key energizing force for their attack last year. You lose him for for you know all this time. 
that's hurt them. And then obviously Javier Morales has missed his share of games. And then in the back, you've had kind of a rotation of, you know, Chris Schuller with his injury issues. Hamison Olave's had a couple of red cards. A lot of things haven't gone their way. Um, but you can't count them out just yet. Uh, I think they're going to be in that mix for the last playoff spot. But the days of RSL being a top four team, a top three team in the Western Conference are over. I, I know I'm afraid to say it. I know people are going to be like, uh, RSL fans are going to be like, uh, it's a little premature, but no, man, that's reality. The team got old, and they did, and they lost a lot of uh, of players through the years. Uh, expansion drafts, uh, you know, salary cap decisions that they had to make on guys. I mean, look at the players that have, uh, that they have left that group. So for me, it, I think the glory days are behind them. Now it's up. It's up to their current leadership. It's up. It's up to the Craig Weibel. It's up to Jeff Kassar to rebuild that team and replenish that team. Uh, but it's going to be it's not going to be an easy process. And NYCFC Houston Dynamo played to a 1-1 draw for NYCFC Ivis that now extends their winless streak to pretty much forever. Uh, they'll have to wait another week. Next week they play Philadelphia. Good opportunity for them. Uh, but both teams walk away with a one point in this match. A pretty a pretty fair result. I mean, obviously, if you're NYCFC, it's starting to get a little monotonous. You just can't win. You just can't get the three points you're begging for. Uh, and, uh, you know, is, is it early to start talking about Jason Christ being in trouble? I think it is. I mean, I think that's insane. Uh, people, well, you know, it is people, people, that's like ridiculous. To, people it's like to jump first conclusions. season. I agree. First season expansion team. But again, you wonder, uh, will their ownership see it that way? Cause their ownership again, you know, man city ownership, they're over in Europe in Europe. You don't get away with these kind of, uh, results, uh, over a period of time. There is no wait and see. There is no, okay, you get a year to figure things out so i mean while people here might not be quick to be putting the pressure on them you wonder if the folks in manchester are starting to wonder well true but i mean i think they know that our league's a little I, bit different with expansion I, I, do teams they I mean, do they know do they though i'm sure someone sat them down and explained to we them we'll find we'll, you know what we'll find out we'll find out listen this is next few weeks is big for them because if they don't get a win pretty soon and then they go to the, let's say they you know u.s open cup they play the Cosmos in a big U.S. Open Cup match. Ooh. If they lose to the Cosmos in the Open Cup, Ooh. then I mean, man, I mean that. that you know what? You're hitting, you're hitting the panic button at that point, huh? Are you hitting the panic? Okay, I, I'm not. But again, these are we don't know much about this ownership group and how they're going to handle things. So here's their next matches: Philadelphia on June 6th, Montreal yes. June 13th. That's two winnable matches okay. right there. So if they can't get a win out of one of those two, if they let's say they lose those two and then they lose it to Cosmos, <laughs> then, then it's like, whoa, what is going on here? So, but you know what? Uh, I, I I think Jason Christ is a good coach. I think he'll get things sorted out. He'll get he'll get a result out of that. We'll see if they sign Noguchi Onyewu. Uh, he he would be an upgrade for them. I think uh, you give a chance. I think you can move Wengert out back to fullback, where I think is you know it's his natural position. Uh, I, I happen to think Onyewu's got something left in the tank. I know some some U.S. fans, some American fans are like, no, he's washed up. But it's like you haven't even seen the guy play. From my understanding, the guy still has got he still has something left. They sign him. They get some guys healthy. I think I think they'll I think they'll result. I think their results are going to turn around. Uh, Toronto FC all over San Jose, defeating them uh, three to one. And Toronto FC man slowly climbing up the Eastern Conference, starting to heat up at the right time. Javinko, man, he's on fire. He's he's he is the right now the best player in the league. I mean, I think at, when he is rolling, he he is just so tough to stop. And uh, you know, where Seattle obviously has Dempsey and Martins, uh, Javinko's kind of doing it on his own. I mean, I look obviously they they have Michael Bradley, um, but but when you watch him, he can just take over a game. He's just so tough to deal with. 
And he's really doing that. And if you're if you're Greg Vanny, you, you need to get your defense organized, keep them organized. Because Vigilvico is going to win you games as long as your defense can hold up. And I think that's what they've been able to do lately. Uh, we'll see if they keep that going as they start playing some tougher teams. Orlando City SC uh, announced that part of their stadium will be privately funded. Ivis, what did you make of these developments? I think it's big, obviously, for Orlando City. And, and, and you were wondering what was going to happen. Uh, it just shows how serious they are. And, and you can't blame them for believing in the in the, in the project the way Orlando has responded to that team, and, and they know they're going to sell their stadium out. They know they need to get that building open uh, and start filling it, and and they will do that. I mean, anyone who's been down to Orlando uh, for this, you know, first part of the of their existence in MLS, I mean, the buzz is real in Orlando. The the the, the hype for the team, the the that city has embraced Orlando Orlando City. They've embraced them fully. Uh, and, and so if you're, if you're the owner, if you're Phil Rollins uh, and do you, and you have to spend 30 million, do you love having to spend 30 million? Obviously not. Uh, you don't want to have to spend more than you have to, but you can't afford to lose out on that momentum, on that buzz, on that, that, that spirit in the city right now. Uh, there, and, and, and if anything, it shows it's an investment, it's an investment because it lets the, it lets the people in Orlando know that they're serious. And before we get into the U S women's national team, we just want to remind everyone again, that soccerloco.com is going to be our new sponsor. Great place to grab your jerseys, especially with the U S women's national team run at the world cup coming up. Great opportunity to buy a U.S. women's national team jersey, Ivis. I think you'd look good in one. <laughs> well, I'd say this. Soccer Loco is a great place to order your jerseys and your cleats and everything. I don't know about the women's jersey because I got to say, man, I was at the game on Sunday, Saturday, and I still don't get their uniform. They look just, good. Stop it, man. That That's you being old. Nah, I, I don't think I'm alone. And, no, you know what it is? It's not that it's ugly. Uh, it's just like it, it, what, what's, what, what about it says USA? Really, I mean, it, 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 no, it I, doesn't need to. It's clean as neon and looks sharp and in your face. Oh. It's not the doesn't, US. It's not. No t- US it's not. Colors. That's. It's not for your demographic, Ivis. I don't. I'm not alone in that, man. I, I you know, talking to a few different people. Uh, I don't know, man. But you know what? Listen, you don't have to order the U.S. Women's jersey. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of others. I'll be looking. I don't know if Los Loco has it. I need to get my son uh, a Zlatan Ibrahimovic PSG oh, jersey. Yes, you do. At some point between now, his birthday is in July, so I have some time. But uh, I need to figure out some Zlatan themed uh, gifts for him uh, before his birthday. Yes, and uh, and we, as we mentioned earlier, um, every show will have a little bit of a promo code that will say that can get you uh, a discount to SoccerLoco.com. Plus, they have other like boss sales, like all the uh, World Cup jerseys are like pretty much thirty percent off or more, which is, I mean, there's some cool ones anyway. So remember, SoccerLoco.com. Uh, Ivis now looking at the U.S. Women's National Team. You were at the game on Saturday. Played to a zero-zero draw against South Korea. No cause for concern. They've uh, they've gone unbeaten in their last nine games. Now outscored opponents twenty-two. They've been on fire heading into the World Cup. Um, Ivis, it was the third sellout in a row for the U.S. Women's National Team, which is awesome. And uh, look, they're sending a pretty strong team to the World Cup. That's going to be coming up here in the next week. Well, I'd say what that game wasn't exactly a, a great. Uh... Uh, advertisement for their power and their quality. I mean, it was an ugly game. Uh, they they just I, and I know they complained about South Korea bunkering and playing for the tie, but you know what? The U.S. just didn't show a lot of quality for me. The U.S. women, Carly Lloyd, for me, she stood out. She was outstanding, but beyond that, I mean, it, it was it was rough, man. And, and look, obviously, Alex Morgan has been out. Uh, she hasn't played uh, in a while, and she's still recovering from injury. Uh, and it's sounding more and more like she's not going to be 
someone that they're going to count on to start for them at the beginning of this tournament or even in the group stages. And that's a huge loss for them. I mean, she is such a big part of, of what they do. And now, obviously, in the South Korea game, they were the, they were without Megan Rapino, who's who's the key to their attack as well. Uh, the, the the coach Jalela said that it's not that serious, but without Morgan, without Rapino, I'm tell you what, their attack looked pretty toothless. And uh, this South Korea team, a decent team, but is not better than any of the teams in the group that they're going to play in. So, I know it was the last game. They, they were probably just trying to stay healthy. Uh, get themselves to Canada, you know, like you, you don't want to have any injuries or no, anything you know, like that. They'll be fine. It, what, I, no, honestly, listen, I don't have them winning the World Cup. I really don't. And they, they could do well. Maybe they, they can win this group of death and everything. But for me, I do not see them winning this Who, who this do you World have Cup. winning the World Cup? Do you want to divulge that information? Uh, no, we'll talk about that uh, okay. in the next we'll show. Preview. We'll do, do a that's little right, preview. We got, that's uh, right, we need to do a preview. Yeah, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to act like I'm an expert. I'm not Caitlin Murray, our great uh, writer for SBI. Uh, but just when you watch some of the t- other top teams, you watch this U.S. team and, and how it's you know put together, it's just, just there's something lacking here with this team, and, and I think they're going to fall short. Well, hopefully they'll listen to this show and say, damn, Ivis, we're going to yeah, rally sure, together. Sure. That's what they're going to do in Canada when they're sitting around in, in, in Canada. They're going to be listening to this show. Uh, in the final thing, Ivis, uh, on the notes that you wrote for the show, you wrote Messi Galazzo. If you did not see Messi's goal, then I don't I don't know what's wrong with you. Go to YouTube, type Copa del Rey, Messi goal. It was ridiculous. I mean, dude, he's just on another planet at this point. You gotta go to YouTube. Go to SBI Soccer. We hey, have yeah, it on the, there too. We have the goal on on the site. It's amazing. He has scored some amazing goals. Is it his best goal ever? I still I, I wouldn't say that. I think his goal against Hetafe a few years back, the one that was very similar to Maradona's goal. Uh, his slalom from beyond midfield. I, I still think that goal was better. Wasn't that when he was 19, I think? He wasn't that young. But uh, but th- this goal is up there. This is probably a top fiver for him. Uh, it, it, I mean, three guys surrounding him. He cuts through them, beats another guy, then beats the keeper near post. Just amazing. I mean, it's the kind of goal that makes you love soccer. Unless, of course, you're a uh, athletic Bilbao fan who he scored it against, or if you're a Cristiano Ronaldo Real Madrid <laughs> yeah. fan. I'm sure somewhere Cristiano Ronaldo was punching a wall when he saw that goal. No, I'm sure he doesn't care. He's chilling on a uh, beach somewhere. He, no, no, he's chilling on the yacht in Saint Tropez. Apparently. That's oh, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what a, I meant to say. He's yeah. a single guy now. You know, he, him and uh, that's he, what I'm he, and, he doesn't care. Arena, what Messi Arena, does. Arena Shake is broken up. They, they, she's already with Bradley Cooper now, and and he's. Uh, How do you know these things? Because it's uh, every, listen. He was. She was Ronaldo's girlfriend. For how long? So now it's like Don't everyone wants to know. Stop it. Just admit it that you read US Weekly and US In Weekly. Touch mean, and US Weekly. Don't what are the other that. ones? Uh, Cosmopolitan. I mean, just admit it, Ivis. Come on. I'm sure, I'm sure your fiance is the one who's bringing those to the to the house, and that's what you're what you're reading nowadays. No, we don't. We we don't. No, uh, she doesn't. You're reading it in the garden as you're tending to your. Oh, garden. stop it! <laughs> you're ridiculous. All right, Ivis. Well, with that, it wraps up uh, today's SBI show. Listen, we got to talk about one more thing. Yes. The Game of Thrones, the last episode of the Game of Thrones. Who was cares? Ridiculous. You don't watch Game of Thrones? No, I got better things to do. Listen, I, I, it's not everyone's cup of tea. But for those of you who listening to the show who, who watch Game of Thrones, that, I mean, I, I don't know if people agree with that. That's up there, one of the best episodes they've ever had. It was just unbelievable. I'm not going to spoil it. But if you haven't seen it yet, make make a point to see it. And even if you don't even watch the show, watch this episode, and it will make you want to watch the show because it was just a crazy episode. See, that's I haven't gotten into the show. I haven't had time yet. So once I get into the show, I would I would recommend it. I would yeah. recommend it. fine. If you're gonna plug multimedia things, I will myself. I saw Mad Max this weekend. It was awesome. Uh, you need to go see it. 
I, th- look, the list of movies I need to see is pretty long. Dude, Mad Max was like I, I need to next see, level. W- what's the the Rock the Rock movies? Oh, st- and- don't see, dude. Here's the problem with that. I I like the Rock, and I think he's a decent. Well, you actor. Like, you're on the West Coast. I'm sure you don't want to see a no, movie. No, but about- like, I mean, come on, dude. He's better than P- I mean, the movie did well, but like, come on, man. I've heard really good things about it. Let's uh, just put it. I'll say one more thing too. Uh, Chris Pine is in the next Jurassic Park. Have you seen the yeah. trailer for it? I'm definitely gonna see that, dude. It looks really dumb. The ah, Jurassic Park. There's a scene when he's on a motorcycle with Velociraptors next to him, like we've teamed up. Like, what? It's it's, it's what, what are you serious? Well, can it be somewhat realistic? I mean, come on, just, that's like it's too it's unrealistic. A movie about dinosaurs. How realistic do you want it to be? No, but like at least somewhat it's realistic. The thing I've ever heard in my life. No, it's no, stop it. Sorry, the, no, stop it. The original Jurassic Park was original. This dinosaur movie just lacked. No, the original Jurassic Park was somewhat. No, the original was somewhat believable. What's next? Garrett on why The Walking Dead is not that. No, realistic. no, that's no, no. no it's stop not, it. This would be a little uglier. Like, what do you? Come on, these are like you. You watch these things to suspend reality <sighs> and to entertain yourself. And you're seriously, you think anybody care? Anybody who's going to see Jurassic Park cares about about the? the it just the, looks so stupid. You're, you're funny, man. You, you are really got. You have become old man. It's no, old I man. haven't. No, I'm just the transformation, no. Garrett. Transformation, it's unbelievable. <laughs> You, I picture you now with a cardigan sweater. I do have cardigans. The leather, with the leather uh, elbow. I bars. don't have those. I think you that have, I think some, that doesn't. That, that's that, that's like a fashion thing. You gotta have style to pull that off. Black prescription sunglasses, like on your bridge over your nose, little bifocals. <laughs> you're just full. You're in complete old man. No, mode, I'm not. All I'm saying is the Trumpy original. No, all I'm saying is the original Jurassic Park was somewhat believable. This one with him on a motorcycle with Velociraptors. I mean, come on. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I don't know how you can sit there and call that believable. The first one is believable. I'm not alone. If you agree with me, let me know in the comments. I guarantee I'm not alone on this all right, one. We'll see. It's all it's all that stuff. It's like yeah, it's like watching the Avengers and saying, ah, you know, the Avengers. I can't get into it because look, the Hulk could not be a thing. Like you watch it because it's the Avengers. Like what? Come on. Stop I pick it. and choose. I pick and choose. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, all right, I miss with that. <laughs> all right, with that, anything else you need to talk about? <laughs> I think that's it. I, I think, I think I'm, I'm sure people have tuned out by now. No, <laughs> we should review. That's movies. what we're gonna start doing. We, we should review movies because you and, and I never I, agree on the movies. Sis- instead of Cisco and Eber, we'll have Garrett. And I. You and I never agree on movies. We never do. Uh, this is well. I mean, to be fair, ninety-five percent of the movies I watch are kids' movies or movies that kids can watch. That's true. I don't get to watch a lot of the movies that I'd like to watch. We just don't have we I, have a lot of time. We have to, you know. So I'll, it's tough. It's tough. I'll be. I will be there soon enough, man. Oh. Uh, no I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, Ivis. With that, it ends the show. You have a good week, and I will talk to you later. Yes, sir. Next show Friday. Yes, and as always, thank you everyone for listening to the show. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the reviews on iTunes. That is Ivis Galarsev. I am Garrett Cleverly. This is the SBI Show.